0: Good afternoon, everyone, uh, welcome to another episode of Startup Today. Today I am truly, truly honored to have a great, great guest with us. Doug Gordon is an international speaker, interdisciplinary coach, a radio presenter, and CEO of DNS Performance Optimization. He spent 21 years in the investment industry, selling hedge funds and mutual funds, business to business to global banks, institutional fund managers, and stockbrokers. He held positions of head of sales and marketing and sales director at two of the top fund managers in Europe. Doug has trained companies across several different industries, including financial services, healthcare, technology, blockchain, property, and pharma. Doug, it is a pleasure to have you in our podcast. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Nate, it's my pleasure. It's great to see you. Thanks so much for having me on. Thank you. I
0: want to just straight to the questions because i'm truly curious to know more about your story and so are my guests for sure how would you describe yourself in your early 20s what steps did you take at that stage in your life that eventually opened doors to your success um, in in your career whether academically or professionally please feel free to share this time of your life how was it for you
1: sure so just put it in perspective i'm 47 now and in my early 20s Everything, Nate, revolved about, around girls. And yeah. it was all about, you know, going out, having fun at the weekends and finding a young lady, not because I wanted a different one every weekend, actually because I was seeking a girlfriend. And during that time period, obviously, in order to fund my lifestyle, I needed to make sure that I had a decent job, got some decent money going in so I could go and have a lot of fun, travel around, go to lots of different places and have a nice lifestyle as well. So a lot of the hard work, admittedly, it was through competition and through ego and wanting to look good, and everything like that. And that was probably, you know, the way I lived up until maybe, you know, late 30s, maybe mid to late 30s. And it was all about competition, trying to get the bigger car, the house paid off quicker, the second home. Basically, it was bigger, better, faster all the time. But then you get to a certain stage in your life where things change. But that, might, that was my early 20s, anyway. It? it was all about funding that lifestyle of having fun. And that was all I wanted to do. Right.
0: Okay, so you clearly fulfill that stereotype where you, when you're young, basically, all you're looking for is the glitter and the gold. But I, I truly don't get that impression from you. you. You've definitely evolved since then. Your results in business clearly demonstrate that. I managed to do some digging into your story and I did come up with a particular year in your life, 2012, being quite a turbulent one, but yet tell me about this year, you apparently had a near-death experience, but eventually in that very same year, you did manage to break a record in your industry by turning over 1.75 billion in sales, um, that is in dollars by the way. So please share with us how you managed to surpass such difficulty and achieve your greatest success in, in your career.
1: Yeah, thanks, Nate. So just put it in perspective, we have to actually go back to 2008. And obviously, 2008, markets fell through the floor. It was a very tough right. time for everybody. And we ended up having stock markets crashing, hedge funds crashing. And the particular company that I was looking after, I was a sales director there. We ended up losing three and a half billions worth of hedge fund sales, mm. nothing Nothing to do with performance, the performance was very good. It was just everybody was running for the doors. And at that point, a lot of people lost their jobs because obviously with profitability going down, it became quite hard to substantiate keeping a big team. So we had to let people go. And I'm quite an empathetic guy in terms of feeling other people's energies as well as my own. And at that point, I got very, very stressed. And by the end of 2009, I had two operations on my digestive tract that were down to stress. And Mm. that led to then three years of chronic pain, waking up sometimes 10 times in the night because I felt like I was punched in the stomach. But if you look back during that time period from 2006, when I joined that company to 2012, and it's been in the newspapers, the national newspapers in terms of the Times and the Independent, I grew that business from one, uh, sorry, 50 million per annum sales to 1.75 billion per annum sales. Wow, wow, incredible. it wasn't all down to stress just through that. It was also down to stress because I had a boss I didn't get on particularly well with. I, my marriage was going a little bit up and down and in Mm. in the end fell apart. And, and obviously there's a lot of pressure in terms of the business, in terms of making sure that you've got your targets in place. So that's what happened. And then I got the, it was, I was very lucky. We, we ended up Actually, the biggest deal that I got in in 2012, we actually thought we were going to lose 285 million from our emerging market debt fund because the entire team lost. Mm. And that, that was with Jupiter Asset Management. They had 285 million in that fund. And what happened right. was, I actually went in, I had a very positive mindset and belief that they truly were a loyal client investor. So I managed to keep the money, but also give them an option of looking at our European equity fund just in case they wanted to move the money away because it was a very good fund as well. Mm -hmm. And instead, they kept the emerging market debt fund and added to the European equity fund as well. So we ended up getting, uh, we we reversed, I reversed, I got like 500 million plus just from one deal, uh, or sorry, one client into two different funds in that particular Mm year. So it was a fantastic year, but I think the amalgamation of the stress uh, the marriage breakdown and everything like that. At that point, then yeah, I had I ended up getting the, a virus. Actually, funny enough that we're talking all about viruses these days. <laughs> I got I got the norovirus, which is like a stomach bomb. And after ten days of serious dehydration, where my electrolytes were almost down to zero. I was getting chest pain. I was rushed to hospital. ECG said heart. Blood pressure had doubled. And wow. when I got in, when I got into hospital, I was run down to X-ray because they thought it was a blockage in the stomach. And on the way down to X-ray, I died. And I was encapsulated in this amazing feeling of love, energy, and connection—nothing like I'd ever felt before. Mm. And obviously, I came back because I wouldn't be speaking to you now. And then. <laughs> And since then, I've changed my life where I've I started initially just, you know, doing it on the side in terms of uh, I started off doing healing, then life coaching. And then obviously, because of the 21 years that I've had in the investment world, I started doing business coaching as well. That led to me to radio shows on stage. I've now got a, a radio show that goes out to two and a half million people every week. And I've been on stage with some of the top speakers in the world, all over the world, whether it be New York Times bestsellers, film stars, TV celebs, or ex prime ministers and ex head of states. You know? So, so it's been a it's been a ride, and it's been brilliant. And um, there's been a lot of learnings so, though along the way. Well,
0: as you said, it's been a ride to say the least, and. In a way, we should feel thankful that you you did make it and you're now able to share your knowledge and also your amazing insights and consultancy as well uh, to other businesses and other entrepreneurs. So on that note, can you share with us a little bit into what the DNS is and how it stands out from other service providers within its industry?
1: Sure, yeah, DNS basically is, is is the the first and last letters of my name my full name which is douglas Mm -hmm. so um you know it's dns performance optimization the reason why i chose that is because i i predominantly deal with corporates and i thought to myself if i was going for a mandate and a hr person was looking through a bunch of mandates of which one they're going to take on in terms of training you know a lot of people have mns consulting or png consulting and I thought the performance optimization might catch a few eyes. So that's why purely that came from there. Mm. What we do is we, we do coaching, consulting, corporate training. Um, you know, I, I work personally with the likes of Dell, Microsoft, Salesforce, Facebook, Okuco. I've even worked with Leinster rugby team, which is one of the best rugby teams in the world. Impressive. And you know, it's working with everything from helping people with high performance success without stress helping people with sales if it's a consultancy basis it can be sales and marketing presentation skills training putting together a presentation or a public speaking gig for people as well and uh, and then helping people in terms of the sometimes board uh, issues where i i help in terms of confrontation and everything like that and helping people get to the best version of themselves so they produce mm-hmm. more in less time with less stress basically
0: Wow. And you mentioned some really big names out there, like Dell, that's nothing to be taken lightly. You definitely have a presence in this industry that clearly should be considered outstanding based on what you've also gone through and all the hardships. Um, you also did mention earlier that you would speak across America, Europe and the UK in several different events and conferences. And you do so alongside film stars like and TV celebs, sports stars. How important is this element to have like having such a presence on stage as a keynote speaker? Like how does this benefit your business?
1: Yeah, sure. Nate. So, I mean, that's something what I do with a lot of people is I help them in terms of putting through a presentation together so that one, they can get paid professionally on stage, but two, they can actually sell from the stage as well. Mm-hmm. So I say to a lot of people, it's incredibly important to have lots of different presentations. So have a, a longer hour long presentation because that's generally the longest people will get you in terms of paying you. And then have a 45-minute presentation, a 30-minute, a 20-minute, a 15, and a 10. And the reason why you have different ones of those, and all they can be is subsections of the larger one, is to make sure that you incorporate for lots of different events. And it's very important, actually, to have two at every single length of time. Because Mm. one one that you actually get paid for, for actually adding value, so it's more like the how-to's. And then you have another one which would be actually to have a little bit of sales in there as well, to bring them into something else that you do. So I have an online course at um, training.dugdgordon.com. That's HTTP, that's H-T-P, not www.training.dugdgordon.com. And then, then you can bring them on to something else. Or if you have a book or something like that, which I'm just finishing as well, uh, again, you can bring them on and sell them something else. So you're, you're actually utilizing that event to be able to sell your other services, whether it be coaching, consulting, corporate training or your online courses or your books. Um, and then you have the one that you actually get paid for as well, which I have both. So I go into a lot of corporates to get paid you know, for doing. I've done everything from a half hour speech in a corporate to a three and a half hour speech to a corporate. in terms of almost like a. A motivational speaking type event where it's a bit of fun and everything like, like a half day at a at an annual event or something like that so that's that's what it is and why is it so important to be on stage it's presence because let's face it you know the one of the best ways is to get in people's energy and actually connect with them heart to heart so they can see what you can add to them in terms of value and when they can see that in a face-to-face environment they tend to trust you more because they can feel your mm. energy and that's why I find it very important and I love being on stage because also I can feel their energy and try to add value as well as much as possible, not just by what comes out of my mouth, but how I make them feel as well. Because I'm very much into energetics and connection and helping people connect to their true self, their higher self, their best self, in order to complete their true mission in life, whatever that might be.
0: Right. Well, that, there's two keywords that I'm picking up as quite crucial uh, based on your answer and that is um, energy and sales how do you see these two elements combine, and how important is it to see how these two elements overlap in a sense to come up with better products and more marketable products at the end of the day
1: yeah well look, one of the things that my i love acronyms i love playing words and i truly mm-hmm. believe that everything that comes out of your mouth is an oscillation of vibration of energy mm. through how you voice it and that energy obviously can create and destroy in terms of positivity and negativity Mm-hmm. And we all do that. Let's face it, if I say something positive to you, you feel uplifted. If I say something negative to you, to you feel a bit drained. Of course. Yeah. It's, very, it's very important to utilize the energy in the right way. And in my book, actually, and, and my online course, I talk about how to make sales or make things happen in life, make a larger, larger business, whatever that might be. So incorporating those two ideas, what you were talking about in terms of sales and energy, if we take make as an acronym. And M starts with mindset or motivation. So you need to motivate yourself first, the people that you work with, and then your clients to buy as well. And actually, if you have a look in terms of mindset, uh, McKinsey had done a 10-year study showing that the people who are in what they call the flow are 500% more productive. Mm-hmm. And even Forbes magazine did a, um, an article. Uh, I know your mum was just recently in Forbes. And uh, Forbes magazine actually showed an article there that even just happier staff in terms of positive mindset are 20% more productive. Happier salespeople, 37% more productive. Mm. And if you have a look at Fortune Magazine as well, Fortune Magazine did an article a, a few years ago showing that between the years of 1997 and 2004, the top 100 companies to work for in terms of the happy factor, those companies' annualized, average, average annualized stock market returns were 14%. And those outside of that top 100 was only 6%. And actually, as a stock market guy, I've actually looked at this. And the day before Thanksgiving, the day before Independence Day, the day before Easter, and the last two weeks of the year, in terms of the happy factor, the Santa rally, the stock market goes up 85% of the time. Mm -hmm. And why is that? Because positive people produce positive results. And that positivity, as I've just said, in terms of the stock market, infects the entire global planet. And it can affect your particular share price and the success of your business. So mindset is so important in terms of getting into a positive mindset, positive energy within your head and within your body as well. That's the first thing. And I actually have on my online course, I talk all about that in terms of Mm -hmm. how how to get into the flow, how to get into the zone, how to optimize your energy, everything like that. Then the next part there, Akram acronym is, A is for actions and activities. Now, if it's a business, which obviously we're talking about startups, let's face it, you need to put a business plan in place, not just for the year, but also have targets in place for the year, the quarter, the month, and even the week. And then Definitely. put daily processes and procedures in place to lead you towards those targets. Secondly, in terms of actions is client mapping, understanding who's your client avatar. So you're spending Mm -hmm. the right time with the right people to get the most out of your time to produce the highest potential in terms of return investment of time. And then finally, actions of actions is activity planning. And that is all about making sure that, you know, say, for example, if you were in a job and you're trying to do sales and cold calling, you might do all your admin in the morning to get it out of the way. And then go and do and see some clients around lunchtime where you put your main client meeting of the day at lunchtime because they tend to be a bit more relaxed. And then two meetings either side of that geographically to optimize your time out of the office and then do your cold calling in the afternoon. Why? Mm. You're in the flow. You've been talking about markets, industries, product, everything like that. So it'll flow from your tongue so much better. So you can add value to the people you speak with when you speak to them in the afternoon. But also... In a psychological point of view, hopefully they will have got all their crap out of the way in the morning as well, so they're a bit more relaxed, and they're going home at five o'clock or six o'clock as well, so they mm-hmm. tend to be more relaxed. Now that doesn't always work. If it's a CEO, you want to try and catch them before 8am, before all the staff come in, or after 6pm when all the staff has gone home. K, in terms of the make acronym, is for knowledge, know your client, know your product, know your industry and match your client needs to your USPs. And E is all about energy and enthusiasm. And it's amazing. You know, I've employed lots of different people in my industry when I was in the investment world. And during that time period, it wasn't the MBAs or the PhDs who were the most successful. It was mm. those people who woke up every morning with that kind of love for what they do, love for the people they work with, and a love for the product they're selling as well. And when wow. you have love, as another acronym, is lots of vibrant energy. And if you optimize your energy, you're going to optimize your performance in life.
0: Incredible. Well, so many messages to pick up from, and it's truly astonishing to see it in action. You know, I think you clearly embody all what you just said, and it speaks for itself. It's definitely to be embraced, all the love, all the energy. It truly translates into genuine selling at the end of the day, you know, into something that you believe in and that you believe that your customers can benefit from. Great, great points to learn from. Moving on, could you tell us something from your own experience in terms of the consulting experience that you've had? Definitely, you've had uh, a lot of enterprises under your belt, you know, coaching and mentoring them throughout your career. What seems to be the most common shortcomings that they suffer from? What What, what is that bunch of elements that, in a way, they just don't seem to deal well with?
1: Yeah, sure. So it's it's twofold, really, Nate. It depends mm-hmm. on the level you are within the business. So, for example, I work with some CEOs. And if I take one CEO, I will not mention his name. But if anybody wants to look, he's one of the people who've given me a LinkedIn recommendation on my LinkedIn page, where there's 54 different recommendations there from people I've mm-hmm. worked with in the past. And, you know, with him it was about time management. It was about work-life balance. I mean, he was doing phenomenally well in his business, making a lot of money for the business and for himself, but he had relationship issues with his wife Mm. and his children. He was slightly overweight. You know, he Mm -hmm. also had board confrontation issues as well. So what I did is I went in there and what I I try and help people to do is to see the other person's perspective. Because let's face it, Nate, you know, we are a product of our parents, our preachers, our teachers and past relationships and experiences. And that means you can see a color as yellow. I can see it as orange. It doesn't necessarily mean either of us are right or either of us are wrong. It's just Mm -hmm. different perspectives of the same thing. The problem is, is that within businesses or in life, in relationships, is that people are always trying to push their own opinions and other people. And to Mm. be honest, opinions are sometimes like our souls, we all have one, we don't necessarily want to hear it. Mm. So it's very important to seek to ask questions to understand, rather than making assumptions. So what I do is I do a lot of work with people in terms of relationship coaching, and that's not just love relationship coaching, which I do, it's business relationship coaching, which is understanding the other person's perspective, not asking, sorry, asking the right questions to understand instead of making assumptions, and not taking things personally as well, because sometimes the other person can just be having a crap day. It doesn't necessarily mean they're taking anything out on you in particular. So it's really important to make sure that people understand that. So in terms of a CEO, he just wants to have a stress-free environment so that he can perform at the highest amount. So that's what I do is I help people in terms of getting into the best possible mindset. And I call it quite often in my coaching, high performance success without stress. Now, I also have then middle management guys, say, let's say, you know, VPs and SVPs at certain very large multinationals, which I may have mentioned already, but I'm not gonna mention individual ones. And mm-hmm. those guys might be looking after maybe 300 staff or something like that. And there's a lot of, you know, egos there and they have to manage those egos effectively to make sure they work together. Because let's face it, you know, all those people are basically different energies working together and you need to align all those people together towards the collective goals. So it's all about helping them, you know, in terms of creating a clear vision of what they're trying to achieve, a clear kind of purpose implementing that across the mindset and the psyche of all the people that are working there in terms of connection through communication to connect with their hearts in order to collaborate rather than create competition because quite often in the past what businesses have done and leaders have done within business is they've created this competitive environment to make people kind of bounce off each other and do better but actually where you create competition is a sense of lack because you're going for the same thing whereas Mm -hmm. if you create collaborative environment you can potentially create new things from nothing so that's what I really try and do I really try and go in there and help these people see a sense of purpose that links to an end customer in terms of the energy they put into the job they're doing actually is an outcome of making someone's life better and when they see that it gives them much more sense of purpose and vitality in terms of what they do because they know it affects a granny or grandpa mother or father son or daughter or husband and wife
0: so In a way, you help any entrepreneur to gain some sort of tunnel vision, right? So they are focused and they have the full clarity of all they have available in them in terms of their intellectual property, as well as the actual services that they offer. Someone might have really good experiences, might have some great set of knowledge, but if they do not have that clean, neat desk space to unfold those, those ideas and to share them with their customers... As you said, it's definitely going to set them back quite a little bit. Conversely, is there any secret ingredient to success in enterprise? Have you observed any pattern over the years in terms of what factor could act as a game changer in guaranteeing results?
1: Absolutely. So one of the things I say, we talked about it and you mentioned it as well in terms of tunnel vision. It's about getting a very clear focus of where you are. And once you know what your true goal is and what you you're truly aligned to, it's incredible the difference it makes in terms of what you're doing. So quite often, what happens is is that business people hear about I don't know, let's take someone like Tony Robbins or something mm-hmm. like that, and they get impressed by the guy and they want to try and copy him. But actually, sometimes it is their you know their their purpose, but sometimes it's not. Sometimes that's not what they're truly aligned to doing. And what you really need to do is find out exactly what you're truly aligned to doing. And what I say mm. to people is either write down five things that you love doing, five things that you're good at doing, and five things that you can add value to people and find a match there. Or I speak on stages all over the world. I have spoken in front of five, 10,000 people. If I was to give you a stage and I was to say to you, right, at 70 years of age or 65 years of age, when you're that senior gent or lady, what is it that you would want to talk to that crowd about the most? what Mm. could you add value the most to that audience and then reverse engineer back from there to where you are now and put down exactly what do I need to do in order to feel worthy enough to get up on that stage in front of those 10,000 people what do I need to learn now to be able to feel worthy and then once you know that between those two exercises you'll have a good direction of where to go and then in terms of the success I mean it is all about as well understanding what are your skill sets what are you good at doing and then try to outsource as much as possible once you get a bit of money Mm. to be able to give things to other people to do because remember let's face it I have a cleaner I have a bookkeeper I have an accountant I have a marketing executive I have a social media person you know I have lots of different people who work for me in that respect because I work out what is my time worth in a per hour basis And then what is their time worth in a per hour basis? So obviously I have a cleaner. I pay her 15 quid an hour. What's my time worth? Multiples of that, multiple and multiples of that. So based on that, I need to outsource the time to other people so I can focus my time on what I love doing and I'm good at doing and I can add value to people in some way or form because I know that's what's going to bring the most amount of revenue in for me.
0: Yeah, so I agree with all that you said. There comes a time where basically time itself becomes quite precious and managing it is quite quite essential. It's good to hear that from you as well, seeing how there comes a stage in someone's business where they should try and outsource as much as they can, you know, delegate as much as they can so that they can afford more breathing space for themselves to maybe plan ahead and think of the next big step because... You can't just remain static in terms of how you manage your business, right? And again, on that note, we, of course, as young, let's say, not just necessarily entrepreneurs, but also anyone with an idea to launch soon or something, they, they probably have that desire to get something going, but they're, they're a bit stuck. What does a young entrepreneur basically, or anyone keen to launch their business idea need more? Would you say, do they need more of a coach, a trainer, or a mentor? at that early stage which is the most critical for them
1: yeah what what you want to do is go out and find someone who's done it before and then Mm -hmm. see if you can teach them so that you can model what they've done to get you where they are now and let's face it you know there is whether it be I don't know I'm I'm a rugby fan so whether it be Johnny Sexton of Leinster and Ireland or Tiger Woods they all have a coach right Mm. and it's not it's not necessarily that the coach is any better than them it just gives them an idea of being able to mastermind by that person up to a higher level and basically sometimes in terms of sport especially the the coach can sometimes see things that the player isn't seeing in themselves and that's the biggest thing i think i mean i i often i have a system in place in my online course to help people get rid of these parental programs, these triggers, those things that hold you back, those things that make you focus on what you don't want rather than what you want. And that's through awareness. And once you help people have that awareness of what's in them that doesn't serve them, and you can able then implement neuroplastic change to make positive impact within their psyche, then you can lead them away from those trigger points, lead them to be much more laser focused and get more done in less time with less stress. So, yeah, I mean, having a coach and a mentor or whatever is very, very important Mm -hmm. because you get there much more quickly. Let's face it. You know, most of the people who've been successful in life in some way or form, including Tony Robbins modeled somebody else or read a lot of books themselves, but it's much better if you, I mean, I always say that knowledge is learned through reading and books Wisdom is through experience and actually having been there and done that. And Mm. I think wisdom truly helps you get up to another level much more quickly than actually just reading books as well.
0: Well, this brings me to an interesting idea, actually. Not idea, sorry. Uh, It brings me to something that uh, is quite common uh, nowadays, where you see a lot of young entrepreneurs or basically anyone who has just started the enterprise, they just seem reluctant to invest on a coach or a mentor thinking that, oh, it just, it's just redundant, you know, it's not something that is going to keep my business afloat or keep paying the bills, but in a way, how do you challenge this point of view? How, how would you say th- this is flawed as a point of view?
1: Well, the reason why people bring me in, in, in terms of business, you know, I've been sales director of a company that run over 600 billion in terms of fund management. And then head of sales and marketing of the biggest fund manager in Ireland, basically. Mm -hmm. And reporting into CEOs, being on the board, understanding how things work in terms of dynamics, you know, having connections in terms of the PR side with newspapers, with trade press, with TV and all that kind of radio, obviously now as well. And people want to know how to be able to implement a sales and marketing plan quicker, faster and easier. So you know, when you have someone like myself who can come in as either a consultant or a coach, you don't have to pay someone 150, 200 grand a year mm. in a of a salary. Then pensions on top, then insurance on top, and everything like that. You can bring in a sales consultant or a business consultant or a leadership consultant to help you on a consultative basis much better and you know the best thing about having you know quite often a lot of businesses when they grow they'll have non-executive directors that come in and do one day a quarter for the whole year and they get paid anything between 25 and 80 grand sometimes some of these just for doing one day every quarter Mm. whereas when you have a coach The coach like myself, you can actually sit down and have a one to one session every single week and go through all the different areas that you need to improve on. You can ask the right questions. And obviously, being a coach from outside, I'm not going to blow smoke up your ass. I'm going to actually help you in terms of giving you the truth. And then Mm -hmm. on top of that, obviously, you know, all the people that I work with generally have an interaction with me outside of that hour or two, whatever it is during the week as well. And it's an ongoing thing. So it's not all just based on one day there, one day there, and one day there. It's actually based on an ongoing relationship that you build during the year, or even the two years, or three years, or four years I've had with some clients now, which can really help them in terms of their growth, as well as my growth as well. Because I've, as a fund manager, I'm a trained certified government fund manager and investment advisor. So when I was working for that company that had, you know, over 600 billion, we had all the top CEOs, all the top CFOs, all the top CEOs coming into the business. So I was able to understand what works and what doesn't work within a business as well, Mm -hmm. whether it be a large organization, a small cap or a mid cap company, I saw them all. And I literally got to sit in, you know, with analyst meetings and fund manager meetings, understanding this. And now with my radio show as well, I've had 200 plus people on my radio show, some of them New York Times bestsellers. I had the chairman of Paddy Power Betfair. used to be CEO of Air Lingus. I've had sports stars. I've had people like this. And again, I've become friends with these people. So, you know, I've been masterminding them with them consistently for the last four years, understanding what works and what doesn't work, whether in sport, whether in film, whether in business or whatever it might be. So Mm -hmm. bring that knowledge. And also the knowledge of having worked with lots of different multinationals, smaller companies, individuals. I have a Hollywood client actually, who is quite well known, I won't say who it is. And um, basically from learning from all those different people, I can utilize that knowledge and my own experience to help people get more done, less time with less stress, whatever it might be in their life.
0: Wow, quite impressive. And yeah, it's quite clear that people benefit from having a cultural mentor financially. It's not that they are hindered in any way. Definitely going to save them some bucks if they follow the right strategies offered by, by their consultant. And yeah, well, personally, I'm convinced hearing all that you've said and I felt the urge to take notes throughout the whole interview. So definitely I will have to go back and refer to what you said. And I sh- I'm pretty sure that audience will do the same. So Doug... Um, I'd like to thank you once again for your time. I know it's quite precious. And I know that the Startup uh, Today audience will benefit from all that you had to share with them. Is there any last message that you'd like to express?
1: Um, course, yeah, Nate, no, all I just want to say, firstly, a massive thank you to you. And if anybody wants to get in touch, please go to https forward slash yeah. forward slash training uh, dot Doug D G-O-R-D-O-N. G-O-R-D-O-N dot com and if you go on there you'll see a course you better connect with me and also I'm on LinkedIn and also if you're ever looking for a coach make sure you check them out on LinkedIn make sure you can see that they've got Mm -hmm. LinkedIn recommendations with real people and then you know that they've been working with some really good people and you can contact those people as well so if anybody's interested please contact any of my LinkedIn recommendation people I've got some I, I actually have one from Stuart Lancaster who's the ex-England rugby coach who I did a bit of coaching with as well. So I've got some fantastic people I've worked with and I'd be delighted to work with anyone who's listening to this show as well.
0: Yeah, we'll make sure that all the links are included in the description, by the way, so no one has to miss out on uh, following up with you. And I'm, I'm certain there will be quite a few who are listening to this and they really want to see what's next and see what you have to offer for them. Once again, I am truly grateful. Thank you so much. And I look forward to meeting in person sometimes. It's been a great pleasure.
1: My pleasure, Nate. Thanks a lot for your time and great to have you here. And thank you so much for, for letting me come on the show.